Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer on this Wednesday morning, October 6th. So glad to have you along. My name is Tom Short. We know the Word of God and we pray every day over these vital lessons that will help us grow, be strong in the Lord, and be overcomers. I'm glad you're along with me and I'm so grateful. You know, a while back I challenged people, you know, do this for a year. Do this for a year and see how your life will change. Day by day, getting the Word of God built into your life. And we've been at this now for since the beginning of this year and, and a little bit longer with our prayer times, praying for our country. But I believe your life is changing. And remember, God sees you. He knows you could be doing something else right now, but you're making a commitment, you're being here, and uh, he notices that. And God, I believe, will reward you. I do believe that. We've been talking about the importance of ha- hearing from God Letting God, the verse we're looking at, Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God changes your heart. God takes out the bad, selfish desires. He gives you good desires and then he fulfills them. He accomplishes it. He fulfills those dreams and desires for goodness. Well, this week we've been looking at what we're calling dream crushers, the people who the, the, the way that the enemy will use, the ways the enemy will use to crush those dreams. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that perhaps things that God has put in your heart are reawakening. And maybe you're even thinking of people who have crushed dreams and you're going to say, I'm not going to let that happen. You know, family, family should be a place where children, they grow uh, they have vision, they're encouraged, they're strengthened, they're built up, they're, they're, they're encouraged to pursue dreams and, and get that can-do attitude from their family, that they can do anything, that they can go conquer the world. That's the type of children we want to raise. As it says in Psalms 112, I believe, that their children, their descendants will be mighty on earth. That's what we want for our kids, to be mighty in the Lord. But all too often, our families are places of negativity, dream-crushing, negative labels put on people. Dare I even say we're curses. Some of us have come from a non-Christian family, or maybe we're where our parents had uh, were antagonistic to the Christian faith. I know with myself, we, I grew up in a religious family, a religious Christian family, but my strongest opposition, when I, when I sensed God doing things within me and calling me, the strongest opposition that I got to the call of God on my life came from my own mother. My father was deceased at the time. He passed away while I was in high school. My mother was, uh, you know, fearful, didn't understand things, uh, struggling in her attitude towards God because my father died at, at a younger age than she thought was right and appropriate. And it was he was in his early 50s. And so I got a lot of opposition there. No, no affirmation, no encouragement at all. And it was painful and it was hurtful. But I'm not the only one who got that. You know, I think today of David. King David is quite a fellow. I mean, was there ever a greater king? Was there ever a man more after God's heart? Is there, you know, next to Jesus, maybe Moses, is there anyone in Scripture who's, who has a more prominent place? You know, I think Jesus, Paul, Moses, uh, and David 
seem to have the most prominent places. Abraham's a big place, but David's up there. And yet, in his own family, he was his dreams were tempted to be crushed. When Samuel came to Jesse, and they were going to anoint a new king, Saul was failing as the king, and God wanted to go to Jesse, and from Jesse's house will anoint a new king. And first came in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, first he brought forth uh, Eliab, Eliab. And Eliab was strong and handsome. And, and, and Samuel thought, Jesse thought, certainly this is the king, the future king. But God said, the Lord said to Samuel, 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's how God chooses someone. So he was rejected. And so they brought another one and another one and another one and another one. Seven sons altogether. And then none of them were the ones. And Samuel said, do you have any other sons? And in verse uh, 11 of 1 Samuel 16, and Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? And he said, well, there remains yet the youngest, and behold, he's tending sheep. I have brought him here. I mean, probably wouldn't be David. He's the youngest, and he's just out tending the sheep. Tending sheep, you know, we kind of glamorize it in our Bible stories, but tending sheep, a shepherd's job is not a very pleasant job. It's usually left for the lower elements of society. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him here, for we'll not sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. The Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. That was the one. But David, do you think David realized his own dad didn't believe in him? Do you think David realized that his own dad didn't even consider him until it's kind of like an afterthought? Well, I had all my sons. Well, none of them are it. Well, okay. Are really, are there nobody else? Well, uh, there's David, but he's a shepherd out in the sheep, out tending the sheep. He was an afterthought. I doubt his dad seemed to be like the encourager. David, you can, you can do great things in life. And yet, somehow, David did. He prevailed. He was strong. He was mighty. He became this mighty king. We go on a little bit later, and one of the, the next chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 17 David, you've got the conflict with the confrontation with Goliath. And the Israel army is out there preparing to fight Goliath, and Goliath comes forward and scares them to death. They run out shouting the battle cry, and Goliath comes up, and they all run back, scared to death. And, and uh, David's dad sends David down to the battle to take the, his, his, some provisions to his brothers. He's probably just a young guy. He might, I don't know, he might have been 15 years old. He was probably a teenager. But he wasn't part of the battle, and he wasn't in the army, so he wasn't too old, too strong, and they mustn't have thought that, that he was all that significant. And he went down there, and when he saw the challenge, the blasphemy of Goliath, it just boiled his blood. It made him so angry. And he thought, this is not right. This cannot stand. Someone's got to stand up against this. Someone's got to do something about this. And you could tell that he was saying, if no one else will, I will. Now his older brother, his older brother in uh, Eliab, the one who was the oldest, 
Remember kind of the, probably the next, you think the next leader of the family, the one who Samuel and Jesse thought would be the next king, the older brother, when he heard that David was asking around, you know, who, why isn't anyone taking care of this Philistine? Why isn't anyone killing him? Chapter 17, verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he spoke when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger burned against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle. Now, it's interesting to me, Eliab was a dream crusher. Here, here there was a rising within David. I can go kill that Goliath. I'm going to take care of him. Somebody's got to do it. I'm willing to do it. Why would David think he could do it? Why would David have that in his heart? Why would that be something he would be thinking he can do? And would Eliab know why that might be in his heart? Well, the answer is yes. Why? Because back in chapter 16 and verse 13, after 12 and 13, after David was selected and as the, um, to be the next king, verse 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. He was anointed by the prophet Samuel in the midst of his brothers. Eliab knew this was David's future. Eliab knew that, that though Saul was still king, that David had been anointed as the one who would replace him. David was a future king of Israel. It says his anger burned that he, he was willing to uh, go and fight Goliath. Could it be that Eliab and the brothers of David, they, they were more jealous of David, wanted to crush his dreams, more than they wanted to save their own nation, the nation of Israel that was being threatened by Goliath and the Philistines? I believe that's the obvious implication, that anger and hatred and crushing David out of that jealousy and anger meant more to them than beating Goliath. Wow, you talk about a dream crusher. But David, David didn't stop. David didn't let his brothers or his dad crush him. His eyes were on God. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. This is what scripture tells us. We know from the Psalms that many of those nights that he was out tending the sheep, many of the days when he was walking with those sheep, his mind was meditating on the law of the Lord. His mind was meditating on God's truth, God's testimonies, God's precepts. His heart was being made to love God and his heart became strong enough that even those who insulted him as his brother did, or even those who forgot him as his father did, were not enough to crush his dreams. He rose above, and he prevailed, and he became mighty. I think David realized that God was his father. God was his vindicator. God was his stronghold. God was the high tower to which he would run for strength. Many people get that strength from their family. And, we, and indeed, God wants to instill that strength in us through our families. But if it's not there, then God can do it directly. Have there been curses spoken over you? Have you had parents, siblings, grandparents tell you you'd never amount to anything? You'll never do anything great. You'll never be that significant. Insult you, criticize you, put you down speak words that, 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 that stung deep, that maybe even 
today you remember that were spoken to you many, many, many years ago. You know, God wants to break those words. I say curses because in some ways, whether they were meant to be a curse or not, that's what they were. If they continue to, if that label continues to, to uh, define who you think of yourself as, God wants to break that with his truth, with his word, with his promises. He's made you a new creature. The old's passed away. Behold, the new has come. God, God wants to speak over you words of victory, words of, 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 of great vision and faith. God wants to make you into a mighty man or woman of God. God did not make you to be what those negative labels define you as. God made you his child. God made you someone to make a difference in this world. And there I also want to ask another sensitive question. Have you ever spoken those words over your children or your loved ones? And if so, I want to encourage you to start speaking words of blessing. Even if you have children, grandchildren that are disappointing or that are off track or are heading down the wrong path, um, learn to speak words of faith of victory, learn to see them as you want them to become. Learn to have these this walk of faith, if you will. See them and and pray for them and declare and speak to them words of blessing, words that will bring uh, words that will bring hope and encouragement. Break those curses in their life. Break those curses. Mom, dad, you've got that power. Break those curses in their life. Now, um, finally, last thing I want to say when I think of this, when we were in Israel a few years ago and we had to stay longer because Roz had had a health issue and we needed to stay, uh, you know, a couple weeks later before she could travel, we stayed with a, in the Airbnb with an Orthodox Jewish family. They invited us to their Shabbat meal. And at that meal, the father prayed a blessing over each of the kids. Oh my goodness, I'd never seen anything like this in my life. No, no authority in my life has ever blessed me that way. No authority has laid, looked me in the eye, told me they love me, blessed me like that, called out blessing. And these kids get it every week. Their dad standing over them, praying for them, blessing them in the name of the Lord. It'd be a good thing to do. Our kids are all grown now, and it's a little bit more awkward that we've never done it. But if you have young kids, that's a great thing to start doing. And, um, and, and it's certainly... It's better to do it even if it feels a little awkward, to bless them in the name of the Lord. That means so much. It means so much. We want to be dream releasers, not dream crushers. Parents, let's release, let's help our children discover their God-given goals, dreams, why God made them, the purpose that God gave them, put them here on earth. Let's help them discover that and then fan that flame that they would pursue it with all their heart. Let's never give up on them. Never give up on them. Keep believing. Amen. Father in heaven, I pray today and I bless you. You are the ultimate one, Lord, who can crush those who would crush our dreams. You can, Lord, you, you, the, the things that would crush us, Lord, you can release us. You can, you can set us free. I pray today just very specifically, Lord, for anyone who's listening who's had negative words spoken over them, curses, labels put on them, that have, const- that have just limited them from pursuing and being what you meant them to be. 
and people, Lord, family members who may have just crushed hopes and dreams that, that people one day had, that some of us once had. Lord, I pray that you would give us healing and victory over these thoughts. Help us to see that you're our Father. Help your words to resonate in our soul more than the words of negativity that have been spoken over us. Help us, Father, that it's painful, it hurts. Soothe our pain, we pray. Encourage us. Lord, help us to know your love. Help us to know your promises. Help us to know your word is greater. Your word of victory in our lives, your word of, 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 of love in our lives is greater than any words of hate that we've ever received. And Father, I know that some of us, and we grow impatient, we grow upset, we grow angry, irritated, irritated even in our own children, our own spouses. Help us, Lord, if we've said negative things, if we've pronounced negative words over our own flesh and blood. Help us, Father, to make that right. Help us, Lord, to choose not to believe that. Help us to reject those thoughts. Help us to continue to believe for our own children. And if we need, Lord, to apologize, confess, ask their forgiveness, give us that grace and humility to do so. And Lord, I pray, I even pray for our children. Some of them, some of them, Lord, are in deep pits, pits of despair, pits of addiction. Some of them are in deep pits, Lord. I pray we'd, we would give us the grace, the faith, the perseverance, the courage, the heart to not give up on them, to keep believing and to keep loving them, even when they disappointed us, even broken our heart. Give us the grace, Father, to love those children, we pray. Lord, help us in this. We, we, in our own families, we pray our families and our children would be mighty on this earth, mighty men and women of God. We ask for this. We thank you for those that are really walking victory today. Watch over them, protect them. Let them never, uh, Lord, just be with them and fulfill all their good desires. And for those who aren't, Lord, we, we don't give up on them. We continue to pray. We thank you. We bless you. Hear our prayer. Thank you, Lord. You're near to the brokenhearted. I want to thank you. You're near to the brokenhearted, and you hear the cry of those whose heart is broken. And so we lift up our voice, and we pray, and we cry out for anyone that we've wounded, that, they, that Lord, you would overcome that, and you would heal them and bring them back to yourself. We pray for this, and we bless you. Fill us with your spirit this day. Give us your grace, your power to do all that's in your plan for us to do this very day, we pray. In Jesus' name, we love you now and pray. Amen and amen. And thanks for being with me. This is an important message, an important message. God, you know, God wants our families to be strong. Our culture is tearing our families apart. We don't want to be a part of that. It seems like sometimes our, the, the entertainment, the government, all these things are trying to weaken the family. And might God help us fight for our families, hold our families together. There's a lot of forces working against us. Of course, the devil's working against us but might we be fighting hard for our very own families. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being along with me.